morning. I've known your soon-to-be-installed pastor for almost 20 years and think the world of her and her gifts for ministry. And I've heard such good things about the good folks of First Presbyterian. Thank you for the invitation to be a part of this service. This past spring, in one, in one weekend, I watched two mountain climbing movies. Both focus on climbs of El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. It is the mountain for climbers. 3,000 feet of smooth granite from base to summit. The first movie I watched was Free Solo. It won the 2019 uh, Academy Award for Best Documentary, and it is a remarkable movie. It tells the story of Alex Honnold's attempt to free solo El Capitan. Now, to free solo is to climb with no support. Honnold heads up that sheer cliff with nothing other than chalk for his hands. Nothing. No harness or rope to break his fall should he slip. No water, nothing. Completely self-sufficient. Master of his own fate. Only his body, his mind, his spirit. Free, solo, alone. To help him better concentrate on the task, He asks his girlfriend to leave Yosemite Valley about a week before he makes the attempt. Because for Honnold, concentration is a matter of life or death. He makes a mistake on this climb. He dies. He takes all of the risk. He receives all of the glory. Spoiler alert, he succeeds. And it's mind-boggling what he takes on and what he accomplishes. The same can be said of Jesus. Now think back for a minute to the events of Holy Week. What he accomplishes during that span of time is amazing and incredible, and he does it pretty much all by himself. After his arrest, Jesus faces his accusers and his fate alone. Only his body, his mind, his spirit. He takes all the risk. He receives all the glory. And come Easter morning, there's lots of glory. It's mind-boggling what Jesus takes on and what he accomplishes. There's another movie about climbing El Capitan called The Dawn Wall, and that's Dawn spelled D-A-W-N. It focuses on a climber named Tommy Caldwell. He sets out to climb one particular route called the Dawn Wall, so named because that is where the sun first hits El Capitan every morning. Well, the Don Wall is widely considered to be the most difficult rock climb in the world. Caldwell sets out to free climb it, a method of ascent in which the climber may use equipment such as ropes and harnesses, but only to protect against injury during a fall and not to assist progress. 
So unlike Honnold, Caldwell does not risk his life doing this climb. Another big difference is he has a climbing partner, a guy named Kevin Jorgensen. They work together for years to prepare for this climb. Together they plan, prepare, strategize, train, practice. Now such a climb takes multiple days to complete. So they set up a portal ledge, a collapsible platform used for sleeping on cliff faces. And that is where Caldwell and Jorgensen spend their nights during the ascent. They divide the climb into 32 sections called pitches by climbers. Well, the whole climb is of the highest difficulty, but one section, pitch 15, is near impossible. Caldwell goes first, and he masterfully completes it. Then Jorgensen tries it, and he slips off the rock. And to add to the pressure, by this time, the outside world is paying attention. Tourists and journalists from all over the globe fill the valley floor below. So while the whole world is watching, Jorgensen falls again and again and again. And every time he falls, he has to start the pitch over again from the beginning. And each time he tries pitch 15, he wears off a little more skin on his fingers. He gets a little more tired and a little more discouraged. This goes on for hours and hours, then a day, then several days. Now maybe you know how it feels. Maybe you know how it feels to try and fail. To try and fail to move past grief, to find love and connection, to overcome the power of addiction, to break through the fog of depression. Maybe you know how it feels to try so hard again and again and not see any progress, to end up where you started. Well, back to the Don Wall. Caldwell faces a dilemma. He has been planning this climb for seven years. And with each day that goes by, he risks the success of the ascent due to a change in the weather or the toll on his body from living on the side of a cliff. So Caldwell decides to press on and finish the climb to leave Jorgensen behind. It's the smart move. It's the only move. So he keeps climbing, and he gets through the most difficult pieces. And now a total of about 1,000 feet separate him from the summit. But even as he pulls himself onto the ledge that marks the beginning of the relatively easy ascent to the top, he reconsiders. And this is how he remembers the moment. Quote, suddenly I just felt alone. Going to the top without Kevin was going to be devastating. I wanted Kevin to experience this too. I decided in that moment that we were going to go to the top together. Now, when he shares his decision with Jorgensen, he's pretty inarticulate. He says, I want to do this thing with you. I I would love for you. I don't know. It's cool. I mean, it's awesome. But when I think, 
I just really want you to be with me. I don't care how long it takes for you to get through pitch 15 because I can't imagine a worse outcome than doing this alone. So Jorgensen wait, so Caldwell waits for Jorgensen. He settles into the portal edge as though he has all the time in the world. Now, I don't know whether Tommy Caldwell and Kevin Jorgensen are Bruce Springsteen fans. I don't know. But I wonder. Because Springsteen has this song, If I Should Fall Behind. And he often sings this song at the end of live shows. And the words go like this. We said we'd walk together, come what may. That come the twilight, should we lose our way. If as we're walking, a hand should slip free. I'll wait for you. And should you fall behind, if I should fall behind, wait for me. Now, I wonder if Jorgensen and Caldwell know this song, because Caldwell waits for Jorgensen. He waits for his partner to complete pitch 15, and he does, one week after he tries it for the first time. The whole valley erupts in cheers. Tommy's the loudest. And from then on, the two of them are unstoppable, And together, they complete the climb, and they become the first two people to free climb the Dawn Wall. Now back to Jesus. Is he more of an Alex Honnold savior or a Tommy Caldwell savior? Is he a free solo kind of savior or a look out for your partner kind of savior? Because the story of Jesus could have gone differently. After Jesus was raised from the dead, he could have ascended into heaven right away and looked down on the rest of us and said, that was pretty awesome, huh? I'm pretty awesome. I defeated death. I rose from the dead. Neat trick, huh? Good luck with that whole being human thing. (laughs) But that's not what Jesus does. He is no sooner raised from the dead than he is gathering his disciples. He is connecting with as many people as he can. The first thing he does is figure out how to get the rest of us up the mountain. It is not enough for him to experience resurrection. He wants that for us as well. Jesus comes back for the rest of us. This thing he accomplishes is meaningless unless he brings the rest of us along. It's as though Jesus says, I want to do this thing with you. I would love for you. I I, I don't know. It's cool. I mean, it's awesome. But when I think, I just really want you to be with me, I don't care how long it takes because I can't imagine a worse outcome than doing this alone. Put another way, if we should fall behind, Jesus waits for us. And we do fall behind. And every time Jesus waits for us, 
as though he has all the time in the world, which he literally does. He waits for us to follow him up the mountain. He encourages us, supports us, inspires us, pushes us, saying, come and experience life after resurrection. Come and experience forgiveness, a new beginning, a second chance, a way of living in the world shaped by hope and compassion and courage. Follow me up the mountain. I don't know where you're at this morning, what challenge you are facing, what cliff you are attempting to summit. Maybe one big, terrible thing has knocked you off the mountain and you stand at the bottom of the valley with neither energy nor interest in climbing again. This morning, we think of the family and friends of the 11 people who died in Virginia Beach. I don't know what you are facing this morning. Maybe your family is falling apart. Maybe you are searching for meaning and purpose. Maybe someone you love is suffering. Perhaps you ache with loneliness. Maybe you try and try, but you fall and fail. You fall and fail. Sooner or later, at one time or another, we all face a pitch 15. We all fall behind. And who wouldn't blame Jesus for leaving us behind, for for leaving us to our fate, for for reuniting with God and leaving us behind? But that's not what Jesus does. He waits for us. He supports us in our climb. He encourages us. He partners us. You've got this, he says. At other times, his arms are the unseen ones that pull us up the mountain. And we don't just have Jesus. We have each other. I love the fact that Amy is being installed the same morning as elders and deacons because she is not a free solo leader. She knows the only way to do this church thing is together. See, I've come to believe that Tommy Caldwell is a Presbyterian. He, um, he may not know he's a Presbyterian, <laughs> but he is because we don't free solo. We are an if-you-fall-behind-I'll-wait-for-you tradition. Now, it can take us a while to get up the mountain. It may involve a lot of committee meetings, long-range plans, task force work groups, more committee meetings. It can take us a long, long, long time to get up the mountain. But we get there together. We get there together. We get there together. Because together, we follow the one who does not leave us behind. The one who waits for us. Waits for us to catch up. Waits to welcome us home. Amen.